This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tool. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series, our twice weekly show on a Tuesday and a Friday, usually at 5 pm, but we have delayed this one ever so slightly because there are some changes going on with our Tuesday shows. Typically, the Tuesday show is where I'm joined by a guest where we have a chat, but throughout the transfer window, what I thought would be quite a cool idea is if we just turn this into the weekly podcast uh, that we usually used to do, uh, where I get a few guests on and we talk about, obviously, the Arsenal transfers uh, and discuss how little business Arsenal end up doing before the European Championships, which, fingers crossed, will be a lot more busy after things get a little bit more settled down and players are back with their teams. But at the moment, it's a bit quiet, but it hasn't stopped there being plenty of rumours that we're going to go through today. As always, we are sponsored by Football Prizes. Now, you're going to have to be quick on this one. So this is specifically for you guys that are in the chat box that are live because this prize runs out in just 25 minutes. Uh, link to Football Prize website is in the description. Uh, but you've got a chance to win an Arsenal away shirt for this season. It's only 349 and there's only 49 tickets uh, for this one. So you've got a really good chance for winning if you want to do it. It's also a way for those of you that are rather sensitive about giving money to the club to get your shirts. This is a little bit of a loophole for you. So you can appreciate it that way as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with today's show and introduce to you my fantastic guest. First of all, it's a man who knows nothing but a lack of loyalty to where he was once discovered. It's Owen Young. How you doing, mate? Are you well? Are you good? I'm good. I'm good. I'm getting battered already. Man, I'm absolutely roasted. I'm roasted. It's like, I know this probably doesn't sound like much to everybody else, but it's like 20 something degrees. Us Irish people just aren't tailor built for hot weather like this. So if you see me turn into a pink puddle, on the ground before the end of the podcast just pay no attention you're the one that moved to the countryside now you're in the full view of the like all the hills around you are just condensing the sun towards you this is how I'm it works gonna get a tractor i've got a pair of old farmer boots um bought on amazon waiting to be del- delivered i'm turning into full full farmer you know as a former geography teacher it really bugs me that i use the word condensing to describe the direction of the sun when it's actually concentrating that really bugs me like, i just you can tell i've not been a teacher for a good like three years now not even three tell. years it's been eight months so what am i talking about it's I'm, I'm, I'm too stupid to keep up with you on that so i'll let you crack on okay. <laughs> we were talking about useless information earlier on speaking of someone who's got some useless opinions it's dan potts how you doing mate are you well are you good <laughs> I'm good, mate. Thank you very much for having me on. I've just realised that Owen's Irish. I never knew from that accent. So thanks for clearing that up. Um, it's good to be on. I like on, your man. hat. Your, your Let's Talk Arsenal hat that you got on. It's fantastic. Well, it's thought, great. You know what? If I'm coming on, I might as well try and promote the show. Do you know what I mean? So I thought if I wear me Let's Talk Arsenal hat, then I'll definitely get on. But um, <laughs> oh, Good to see you, bro. Good to see you. You too, mate. You too, as always. And making his debut uh, today, one of our expert members. is his first show, so I'm going to see plenty of love and support in the chat box it's jacob how you doing jacob are you well are you good i'm very well man thank you thanks for the opportunity no problem at all jacob is joining us from denmark uh to show you how global we are so great stuff over there i mean he's apparently he's a huge christian erickson fan despite being arsenal fan. <laughs> he's shaking his head not really, not really. No, no, good good, that's the right good. answer. Well done, that's the right answer. Anyway, <laughs> let's crack on with today's show. I mean, thank God we aren't seeing links to the likes of Christian Eriksen these days. We've moved up <laughs> in the world, but we're going to start with the outs uh, for today's show. And we're going to talk initially about a very easy topic, someone that's not divisive at all amongst the fan base, and that is Granite Xhaka, the heralded beauty of Arsenal's football team. Uh, Owen, how much do you not want this guy to leave? <laughs> <laughs> No, look, uh, funnily enough, I, I sort of align with some of the harsher stances on Arsenal and their players at times, but I think Granite Jack is probably someone that's overly targeted by our fan base and scapegoated quite often. Um, 
I think, especially this season, um, bar a couple of games, he's probably been our most consistent player throughout. And even though he was deployed wrongly by Arteta at left back, I still think he put in like a, a bit of a valiant effort in, in in that position, even though he was sort of limited by his uh, physical capabilities. But look, I think that whilst I do hold that opinion that he is um, sort of hard done by by the fan base and, and criticised a little too much, I still think that if there ever is a player that embodies what is wrong with the club at this point, it, it is Granit Xhaka. I, I think he's a decent footballer, but I think he embodies everything that is wrong with the club in the sense of um, the lack of tenacity, uh, questionable attitude at times in terms of you know striking out at the fans and stuff like that. And even since then, even though uh, when he is praised either by the media or, or comes out and puts anything on social media, he never really sort of, pushes forward any admiration towards the fan base. You know, I think that's always quite clear to see from him that he himself considers the, the, the his relationship with the fan base to be rocky and probably beyond repair. Um, I think at this time with some of the people that are being linked, which I'm sure we'll, we'll cover um, a bit later on, I, I think everything has come together to make it the perfect time for Granite Jacket to move on. And in terms of the destination, which makes sort of that Roma... Um, move look more likely day by day I think that's actually a very very good move for him both in terms of where he will be playing which league he'll be playing and who he will be playing under um, I think Mourinho in the past has uh, come out and, and sort of praised Granit Xhaka and uh, I'm paraphrasing here but he says uh, if uh, if there's no Granit Xhaka there's no Arsenal basically Um so, yeah, look, it, it, it's the right time. Uh, I'm not going to turn around and bash the guy and say that he's been useless because he's been far from it, I think. You, you but, kind of uh, did a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, isn't, it isn't that. It, and, and this is what I say about a lot of our players, and maybe uh, the person I'm going to use as another example we'll cover in more detail later, but uh, another player in the same category, I would say, is Hector Bellerin. And I have made the case that don't be surprised if Hector Bellerin goes to La Liga or goes to Serie A and he turns into an absolute world beater because there's just some leagues around the world that are more suited to certain players. And I think that's the case with Granit Xhaka. I think it's why you see so many big players from uh, from the continent come over and fail, i.e. Timo Werner. Um, uh, who else am I thinking of? Oh, uh, Radamel, Radamel Falcao. You see a lot of imports failing, but yet mm. when we see some of the big heavy hitters in the Premier League, Gareth Bale, Cristiano Ronaldo, Luis Suarez, when we export players to other leagues, they tend to dominate quite a lot. So uh, I think it's just that the standard in the Premier League is so high, the demands in the Premier League are so high, and unfortunately I just don't think Granit Xhaka has those natural attributes that it takes to really succeed in the league. No, it's fair enough. It's fair enough. Um, just before I go to Dan, a massive thank you to TJ Cummings in the chat box for joining up as our one of our fantastic members and Zane as well. Thank you ever so much, you two, for the support. As always, uh, Dan, Granite Jack, I know, is a player that when we were just we were on the hybrid squads a while back and we were doing kind of our perfect transfer window and I remember chatting about him and I know that Jack was certainly one that you'd be looking to move on. Um, does it intrigue you that like the likes of Jose Mourinho is interested in this. And secondly, how shocked, unsurprised, both ends of the spectrum were you at the figures being kind of banded around for his transfer fee between 15 to 20 million pounds at times? Yeah, there's no denying, Tom, that I want to see the back of this guy because he's shown me what he is in five years. He ain't going to get any better. He's had a really good season, Granite Chucker, um, in his defence. He has, he's... He's outplayed Thomas Party in the position everybody thought Party was going to be dominating. Uh, he's been very, very good in games. But he's a ticking time bomb, mate. And we all know that for every great pass, great tackle, great free kick that he takes, he's going to grab someone around the throat of Burnley or he's going to kick the ball against Chris Wood and watch it go in. So I don't want players like that in my team. We're starting to see the back of them now in the Kalasanaches, the Mustafis, even the Meza Urzels to some degree, the lack of work rate that guy had. It looks like Bellerin and a few of the others are now going to be out the door. And I'm not surprised to see Granite Chakra on that list due to the fact that Against Crystal Palace, he told us all to F off and threw the armband on the floor and walked off with his shirt off. So I thought he was done and was never going to see the back of him then, if I'm honest with you. I look at the situation with Granite Xhaka's price tag and I think it just tells you that that is probably not... We shouldn't be that unexpected or shocked by that because the pandemic that we're in, the situation is he's had his time. I don't think even at 
29 or whatever he is, that he's going to get any better. And if you was to look at what we could replace him with, we could upgrade Granite Xhaka quite easily by not spending a lot of money, in my opinion. We don't need to spend mm. 60 million to go and replace Granite Xhaka. I think it's time to find someone with athleticism in that midfield. It's no good putting Thomas Party next to a statue. It don't work. So I just think that as much as he is good with the football at his feet and he's got a great left foot, I've seen enough to get rid of this dude and try and upgrade on him. Because what you get with Granite Xhaka is very unexpected at times when you see, oh, Granite Xhaka's in the team. Oh, he played all right today. And the next minute, as I say, he messes up. And I can't forgive people and players that make the same mistakes year in, year out. I can't think of one year in the five he's had at Arsenal where he's not made a god-awful mistake that's cost us points or a game. So mm. I want players out of the team like that, man. We need to move forward. And by keeping Granite Xhaka in that first eleven, our midfield ain't getting any better, bruv. So we're going to have to get rid of him and replace him, I think. I'll give you my thoughts uh, in, in a second. Jacob, I'm interested to see now you've heard from Owen and Dan, I, I, not to categorise in the same court, but I think both of them have, have said their kind of thoughts and feelings about why they're, they're okay and happy to see the back of Granite Xhaka. Do you fall into that court? Or are you very much in, this, in the sense of like, what we're losing is someone that adds a lot to us, that we look like a better team when he's in there at the moment? Or is it simply a case of, look, we need to be ruthless in this window and upgrading upon him is, is a priority? Yeah, for me, it's it's quite a tough one because um, I like the guy. I really think that's a good player in him. Uh, and I think if he goes to Italy, I think he's going to smash it over there for sure. Um, but I'm fine with him leaving, but I would say with the 15 million, I would just rather just keep him, to be honest. Uh, I think uh, we've seen he's, uh, he's a really strong leader in the team. And uh, if, we, if we're going to lose him, I think we're going to replace him uh, with a guy who can actually become a leader because... For me, the squad is quite young and um, there's not a, a lot of leaders in the team for me. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, Shaka has been excellent this season. Uh, he's been even better than Party, uh, in my opinion. So mm. if the right bid comes, and that would be like 20 million plus, I would sell him for sure. But if I fit the minions, I'd rather just keep him, to be honest, and maybe he could be a good squad player. Because he's yeah. been a very, very. Do you think he would do that though? Do you think he would be okay with being a squad player? Because I don't, I don't think he'd accept that. No, probably not. But that's the game. You have to be ruthless as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I th to give you kind of my overriding thoughts on Jack. Of course, people know that I appreciate him as a player, and I have said time after time on the channel that I think he's. I still think he's more of an underrated player amongst amongst the fan base, and I think you see a difference when he is not in our midfield. However, that does not mean that he is irreplaceable, that he is, that his position is untenable, that you cannot find someone to play in that position that wouldn't do a better job. I also think there's a little bit of an obsession around replacing him, or if we lose him, we have to bring in someone that's an unbelievable passer of the ball. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like there's an obsession around this idea that if you're losing Granite Jack, you're losing this guy that's amazing on the ball and can pass some great plays into the final third, etc., that's not the case. You don't have to do that. You can change the way that you can play. You change your midfield system. At the moment, Arteta's doing what he's doing with the players that he's got. But if he changes Xhaka for, say, a Basuma, then you play him in a different way. I think at the moment, Partey's... Basically, part of the reason I think Partey's had a poorer season is because a lot of what he's had to do is effectively cover and secure that position for Xhaka to be the immobile, as Dan puts it, the statue that he can be. And I feel like if Basuma's got someone that's... Sorry, if Partey's got someone next to him that's a lot more mobile and that moves around and can free Partey that much more, and Partey in his mind knows, if I go forwards... I know I've not got a buster gut to get back because the guy that's behind me has got all the legs to cover the pitch as much as possible. And that's why I like someone like Basuma that can sit in that role and do it. The problem is, is that if we do move Xhaka on, we do have to find that player. And it's, do we have the trust and faith in the club to find the right player? That That is always going to be a problem. Um, one of the players that also, of course, that we've got there in the midfield, that again, is a bit of a divisive character, is Matteo Genduzzi. Um, the Frenchman has spent a, a while now away from the squad, not just on loan, but in exile at the end of the previous season before this one just gone. Um, I'll go in reverse order this time. Jacob, what's your overriding thoughts around Genduzzi? What do you think is an acceptable fee for us to say, look, you know, that's fair enough? Or is any fee at all a bonus based upon how we've been giving players away of late? And what are your overall thoughts on the guy? Uh, overall thought, just uh, just sell him. 
he don't want to be in the squad anymore. That's for sure. The way he wrote about Emery uh, seems weird to me. Um, if a bid comes to like 50 million, I, I would just take it to be honest. He, um, I know there's a player in him, and I know the potential is is huge with that, with is huge with that guy, but. The mentality is just weak, and uh, he's just a kid. Uh, he never learns, so I think we should just get him out of the club while we can, to be honest. Ben? I love the player. I love the ability, but the player, the manager can't stand him, so he's going to have to be sold. I think the problem with Matteo Guendouzi is the ability's there, but he's got the attitude of like a Ravel Morrison where he's just never going to make it in the game for me because you can't have that much ability and fall out with that many people and not progress in what two, three years that he's been on the stage of the of the best in world football now. And Hertha Berlin manager said, yeah, he's crazy. Let's send him back. Arteta couldn't get on with him. Needs to grow up and not sure that he will. think what he does need, however, is a leader next to him or around the dressing room. Mm. And we all know that there is not one in the dressing room at Arsenal. So I think we're going to take some the money at Marseille. It's looking likely. So... I don't think it's going to be a bad thing because the only positive with Mete Guendouzi is he only costs us about six or seven million. So even by getting 10 plus for him, we've made money. So that's not the bad thing for me with it. What is frustrating is that he had the ability to be about 40 or 50 million if he wanted to be, but he's not going to get to that now. He's not going to reach that height because of his attitude. So it's frustrating because I like the passion. I like that he was got up for a North London derby. I went to Burnley away last season, which was absolutely awful, by the way, uh, and nil-nil. But he came off doing the rugby sign like this to say Burnley just play rugby. That was quite funny. I appreciated that. So did the fans. He's um, like but, your spirit animal, you know, Dan. <laughs> yeah, you know, I like players like that who give it, who give it a lot, you know. But he was never going to make it, unfortunately, because the manager doesn't take stuff like that. And I feel that with lack of leaders to calm him down... Um, yeah, we ain't going to have that. You know, he's a bit bit of a, what can I give an example of? Maybe a Mario Balotelli, somebody like that. That's the thing is, like, I think there's a real good player in there, to be honest. Like, I think mm. there is. I, I can't nail down a, a, his best position still. I'm still not 100% sure of what Genduzi does. If you were to ask me, like, write a, write a report on Genduzi's best position. I, I don't think I could really do that. It would be really... Cause, he runs about, he's got a lot of energy about him. I can't see him as an out-and-out defensive midfielder. I can't see him as as your number 10. The, the best guess I can say is, is a box-to-box midfielder, but I'm not sure he has the ability in the final third to do that role. And Owen, do you think that there is, beyond just the, the attitude issues and all of those, do you think there is an element to this which maybe is based on his quality or maybe is based on the lack of assurity that we know about his, his, his position or whatever that is? That why the club have taken this direction, or do you think it's purely down to the, the social side of the problem? So I'll, I'll start with that last bit first. So uh, yeah. I, I think that when Matteo Ganduzzi came in, he's obviously someone with quite a big ego. He, he obviously thinks a lot of himself and his ability. And I think when he should have been sitting at the back of the room, when he initially came in, he ended up dining at the top table. We're seeing him brought under his. Uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Alexander Lacazette, bring him under his wing. And he was initially in with that sort of click, if you would. And um, so I think he maybe got a bit of ahead of a bit ahead of himself a bit too soon. Uh, in terms of his ability, I would agree with you. That's what I was, I was nodding, nodding away with you. And uh, to me, he's too much of a tweener. You know, like like you said, his defensive capabilities aren't that of a six. His, his agility and, and, and stamina aren't that of, a, of an eight. Um, and I don't think he's creative enough to play a 10. And uh, I would almost liken him to, in that sense, a bit like Danny Ceballos, where he doesn't really have that sort of real specialist position. So I don't think tactically he suits our system. I think that if you if you look back to the games that Matteo Ganduzzi most impressed in, the one that I can think of is probably the Aston Villa game. Was it two years ago? Yeah. Um. Uh, when we came back from, we were down to ten men, and he was absolutely phenomenal in that game. He stood above, uh, stood out above everybody, head and shoulders, and he was fantastic. But that was a manic game. It it, it wasn't tactical. There was no positional um sort of shackles put on him. 
it, it, it was just manic. And I think that him, much like Lucas Torreira, thrives in those types of games. Unfortunately, when you're playing at Arsenal in the Premier League, especially under a coach like Mikel Arteta, those types of games are few and far between. So I just think, one, his attitude, his attitude doesn't suit. Two, the relationships with himself and the manager have completely broke down to being non-existent at this point. And mm. three, he tactically just doesn't suit the team that he's at. So in my opinion, if we can even break even um, on what we paid for him, we're probably doing quite well given the player's reputation throughout, throughout the game. It's a really difficult kind of situation because I want I really want to see a player come out of Genduzi and I wanted it to be at Arsenal. I, I don't want to anymore because of what's happened. And I do want to think, I just think it's best that we move him on um, based upon the issues that we've got. And, and the, the, a bit of like kind of what Arteta talked about when he came in, I don't think he's delivered as of yet in, in the culture change, but that for me is, it, it takes it that one step too far. I do think that someone tweeted me earlier saying that he's a, that he's a bit of a passion merchant is what someone called it. And I understand there's like a fine balance between you wanting a player that's fully dedicated, fully committed. But I do think there is a bit of Genduzi that takes it a little bit too far and he's always going to go against the grain. And in a squad that you want a, a bit of harmony and a bit of togetherness, he might be that too much of an abrasive character. Like we see with a lot of kind of, like you look at the careers a lot of the renegades in football have had and, I'm, I'm really struggling to think of in the modern era of football anyway, someone that's really kind of that renegade figure and has gone on to be an amazing or top class player at top clubs. Because you think, well, Dan, you used the Balotelli example and we see eventually what's happened to him. I know it's you can't compare player to player, but it's it's just, it's something about that type of personality maybe that, that lends to a... Rabiot. Rabiot, yeah. Rabiot, I suppose, I suppose obviously, is a, is a Juventus now, but mm-hmm. had his issues at PSG. But even then, I think Juventus are looking to, to move him on now. Um, so it's, it's in itself, it's, it's a tricky one. Let's, mm-hmm. let's go on to uh, the next possible out. Now, this is obviously uh, one that I know is very much people are in favour of seeing Hector Bellerin um, go at this point. Um, and I know, Owen, you were saying earlier that obviously you thought Hector Bellerin was a player that if you threw him into La Liga... He'd probably smash it. Um, But I'll come to you first, Dan, uh, and give you the first shot of this one. I think we can all pretty much say that we're we're more than happy for Hector Bellerin to go and to move on. Um, It's uh, What I want to ask about, because to try and switch at the angle of it, is that we talked about Granit Xhaka already. We've lost David Luiz. Hector Bellerin himself is one of the longest-serving players at the club. So whether what we think of him, he's still a very integrated member of the dressing room. That's a lot of first-team players and a lot of experienced players that are in the squad that are going. Do you think there is, one, enough that we've already got to kind of maintain that in in what's there? And two, how much of a challenge is it to really add that ingrained experience that immediately basically assimilates into the Arsenal first team having never played there before? I think the first thing to say about the experienced stuff is that these heads that everyone says are great leaders and experienced have done nothing at the club. So I don't sit there and say that the players like David Luiz and Hector Bellerin and Granite Chaka leaving is a bad thing because all they've done for me is, is provide me with disappointing results. So I'd be saying let's move them out and bring in some of the young, vibrant players. We are going to need to go and buy some experience. That's valid. But I think we will, because what we need to do is buy players that are going to move us forward. And if we're going to be buying 18 or 19 or 20 year olds, that's not going to move us forward. That's just going to give us some strength in depth and give us another arse will be great in five years, which let's be honest, we've been hearing for the last 15 years. So we do need to go and buy some experience. Where I come with Hector Bellerin is two things. In 2000, was it 17 or 18? When the words come out of his mouth, that Alexis Sanchez wants to win too much. Goodbye. Yeah. Get out of my club. See you later. Take your vegan trees and all that stuff with you. (laughs) Take your fashion sense. What do you think vegans eat, (laughs) It's not trees. (laughs) Well, whatever he's doing, planting trees. I can't stand the guy. So maybe that's harsh because I think he's he's an Arsenal man. He's been around the club for a while. He's probably a nice guy when you meet him. But I don't want to see him in, in my team anymore. I don't think he's a very good player. I think he's always been pretty overrated. I think when you look at what he can do, it's run quickly. And that's something he's not been able to do this season. So I don't really understand what it is he's bringing mm. to Arsenal. He's got no end product. He's never been able to cross a road, let alone a football. When I look at the situation with Hector Bellerin, I think your time's done, man. 
It's been too many years for me now. And, you know, look, the guy will probably get us some money because he's still fairly young, isn't he? He's 25 years old or whatever he is. I just do not think this guy deserves to be in the team for the pure fact that when I played Sunday League football, I got beats for taking a foul throw once in my whole career. <laughs> I never did it again. For someone yeah. to take four foul throws in one season as a professional, a you know game. your head is gone. <laughs> so, mate, I, I, I think it's his time's up. And if we can get 20 to 25 million, I'll be amazed. So mm. let him let him go have another career like Owen says in Spain or France. And maybe you can pick up some of his pace because he's definitely lost some of it, Tom, since that injury. Don't look the same player to me. So no. I'll just say, yeah, laters. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. Um, everything other than the vegan tree bit, it was it was spot on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the it is staggering to me how much pace he has lost. Like we used to look at Bellerin as like the guy that we'd be raving about the fact he's fast than Theo Walcott on the training pitch that he's challenging a Bamiyang when he first came in and stuff like this. But it is staggering how many wingers we watch him get turned and he can't catch them. He can't recover in time is mad and i mean speaking from experience of, of doing my acl myself i didn't i genuinely i didn't notice a, a drop in no, speed can i can i jump a jump in on this and i know and i'm really sorry because look obviously by looking at me you'll all know i'm not vegan that's first right. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 to to, uh, to eliminate that from the argument completely is just idiotic you know like there's a there's a lot of um, there, there's a lot of false promotion that you see on social media and within certain groups and stuff. And I'm not trying to bash a group of people because of their preferred diet, but what I am saying is there is obviously th there's deficiencies in certain things, um, and and there's obviously a drop off of, of of some output and performance when you choose to go down a road like veganism i know it because i know a few people that have done it and and that's just that's just the results you can't argue with the science of it and 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 to turn around and say that it doesn't go in line with the time that he went vegan to the time that he started to slow down you know it, it obviously has a part to play in it so i think to turn around mm. and say that if the sel is is I don't know, maybe it's just overlooking one of the biggest factors and one of the biggest things that people bash him with as the way his performance has probably dropped off as well. Yeah, <laughs> I'm being battered in the chat. I, <laughs> I did see, like, when I think about it, yes, <laughs> comparing myself to a world-class athlete of how I recovered from my ACL injury. <laughs> I'm not, not, not the <laughs> smartest thing I've done. I was, I was going to pull it up, but I just, I thought the chat have already done it. I'm not going to bother will do it. Him up. They, they, no prisoners, <laughs> mate. No prisoners at all. But this <laughs> over here is done in the most respectful way. So even though no, they're mugging me off it's done with kindness that's how it works <laughs> oh dear um jacob finish us off in regards to to bella and then what kind of fee are you expecting because you as we've mentioned with granite jack already that fee has kind of been affected by the pandemic and that situation what is an acceptable transfer fee and, and what are your overall thoughts about Bellerin? yeah overall uh, i would just sell him as well um i don't know with, with the fee because i know there's a good player in him but since the injury he he hadn't been the same. Um, I was I would be happy with twenty million um, for him uh, mm. because I think we can we can get a better player pretty easily uh, with the kind of money uh, I think he's done in the club. And we need we just need some fresh legs in this team. Uh, we just I don't know. It's just I've seen enough of the guy. Uh, already thought he was uh, good, but he was overrated in my opinion. Uh, I never seen him be very te technical. Uh, he couldn't cross. He was just super fast before the injury. So for me, I would just sell him for twenty million if you could. Uh, that would be great for me. I think that when we look at what players are going to be going for this window, they are going to be affected by the pandemic. But yeah. Arsenal yeah. have historically sold really poorly, uh, and it's it's a rhetoric that we need to change. And that is, we can't use the excuse of there being a pandemic to try and not get good deals for players. Like seeing if you, I mean, for me, I saw people complaining on Twitter about twelve million pounds for Genduzi. Like, I thought I'd snap your arm off for twelve million pounds for a player that's out the door that wants to leave, that's got a year left on his deal. That for me is we've doubled our money still somehow. Like that for me is, is is still a good bit of business. Losing like someone like Bellerin for like ten million or Xhaka for ten million, like that's bad business. 
But getting 20 plus mil for those guys, I think, makes a lot more sense. Xhaka, even more so, in my opinion, with two years left and yeah. his age and experience and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot to kind of break down. Anyway, let's go on to the fun stuff, uh, which we all know is about uh, the players that we would like us to join. Now, I haven't prepped these guys, so I'm going to give them a little bit of thinking time. What I'm going to ask them to do is basically, of all the rumours that we've been linked to so far, so it has to be someone that we've been linked to, I want you to talk to me about the player that you're most excited about. If someone takes your guess, tough. You've got to pick someone different. So have a backup <laughs> just in mind. Owen, I'm being mean, fella, and I'm coming to you first. Which of the rumours that Arsenal have been linked to so far are you most encouraged, excited about, and why? Um, I know, I know you gave us an outline of the rules there, and this isn't one that I'm most excited about. <laughs> you pick someone that we're not linked to. I swear. No, <laughs> no, no, it is, it isn't that. It's actually, it's just something I was looking at today, and something I actually did a little bit of uh, research into. So, in no way at all is this the person I'm most excited about. But I think probably an interesting one to discuss is uh, Onana. Is it the goalkeeper from Ajax? Uh, you're going to clip this. <laughs> <laughs> Ring judges. Uh, Say it for me. Give oh, me the no, YouTube. No. Oh, you... What's your name? Oh, Did no, you not no. get that oh, joke? I, I said Onana. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, yes, yeah. But you, All right. you didn't get it. I was just... I yeah, I know, you know, Dan, I know you got it. Don't worry. It's, yeah. All oh, right. Yeah, sorry. That's uh, like no, man. Growing, you know. You've obviously just got a poor taste in music. Oh. Anyway, okay, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> moving yeah. swiftly on. Uh, no, so when I seen this link and I seen the suspension and, and the sort of uh, controversy that he had been going through regarding um, a positive test for... Uh, banned for uh, Yeah, banned substance. So doping, it was put out. It's just that he had been doping, basically. And originally, I thought, do you want to know what? Absolutely no chance. I think I thought to myself, <laughs> number one, we've, we've, buying a player, we've bought a player with a broken back before, and now we're going to buy a player who was suspended for doping. Uh, yeah. under an inexperienced manager while the club, club is going through absolute turmoil and the last thing we need is another controversial player to come in and upset things. So that was my mind made up. And then I thought to myself, well, I wonder what he actually took. So I went and I looked up here and I'm going to look at this, uh, the name of this substance again. again. <laughs> For us, is what he took, okay? So it, apparently his his excuse was is that he was feeling unwell and he went and he took what he thought was a paracetamol or an aspirin and it was one of his girlfriend's pills. Now, this was put out as... <laughs> which, look, look... I, I, it's I, true, I, I've reported on it. It's great. <laughs> when I heard about this, okay, and you're laughing, all right? And I laughed too when I heard that he said it was his girlfriend's because something that I've done and follow religiously since I was a child is martial arts whether it be kickboxing or MMA or something and when people get caught doping they always turn around and say oh I accidentally took someone else's pill and it was a big mistake okay but I've actually looked into this drug and what it is is that uh, foresamide is used for people with kidney problems and essentially what it does is it helps drain water and salt from your body uh, now if if Onana was a uh, uh, a boxer or an MMA fighter, I would completely understand because it would be beneficial in terms of him cutting weight for a fight or something like that there. <clears throat> but in terms of an actual performance enhancement, there's literally none, zilch, nothing, nothing for this kid to gain. It was put out on numerous articles that they were fat burning pills and, and stuff like that. So apparently I'm not sure, Tom, maybe you can correct me, but the fee being touted is anywhere between nine and 12 million pounds, something well, like that. Weirdly, it could. So basically, if it's that's the figure that's being touted at the moment. But if he, if the, if it fails, because basically we're not. It's a weird situation because they're looking at a long-term goalkeeping option because they don't <laughs> see Leno signing a new contract. If we sign Onana, it doesn't actually mean that Leno goes. That's that's <laughs> the first thing. Um, they're expecting Leno to go at some point, maybe the January or next summer or later. And if we sign Onana and the uh, the doping thing isn't. <clears throat> Uh, acquitted or whatever it's going to be and it's going to be this month that we find out um, it will cost 2 million euros to get um, but uh, no, no you look if you're a jury or whoever it is the board that is going to oversee <laughs> I, I don't know I've spent too much time talking to John um, but uh, but if you're there okay and, and there's literally no performance enhancement to come off this substance that he has taken and has claimed to take accidentally his wife has a legal prescription for this and a medical condition that does require that medication um, 
it's sort of it all adds up to something that when you look at some of the articles and the clickbaity titles that we see for this player, and he's this guy's had his reputation absolutely tarnished over something that could have just been a simple mistake. And mm. where this leads me back to is this could be a massive coup because this guy looks absolutely brilliant. I've been watching him a bit today. He looks extremely athletic, extremely agile, very good, commands his box quite quick on the feet as well. His, his distribution is very, very good. And to steal somebody of that level for that price is maybe just taking taking advantage of a bad situation and, and giving it a positive spin, which is something that you always try to do. So, Maybe you can appreciate that it could be a it, no, it could be it could be a bit of sneaky business that that could work out well for the club. You know, it's just a hope that that they don't tarnish him the same way I previously did before I went and done a bit of actual research. In the chat, people are saying, <clears throat> "I feel like I would be amiss <laughs> if I didn't mention it." Some people are saying that it's used to cover stuff up sometimes. But I mean, it, seeing as his wife has a full-on prescription and a medical condition that uses it, that, that does, I mean, that mm -hmm. is quite, I mean, the judge apparently is going to be decided tomorrow. So we'll see what it said and we'll go from there. But no, I, I agree with you that I like him as a profile of goalkeeper. I'm planning on trying to get a tactical breakdown on him out uh, at some point this week or next, basically whenever an expert comes. But from the sounds of it, Owen might be able to be our expert from the sounds of it. <laughs> so uh, we'll draft him in for the show. Uh, Dan, coming to you, who is your player that you are most intrigued, excited, apprehensive encouraged by that we're linked to so far well if i'm honest with you tom the players we're linked with none of them i look at and think oh my god this is going to take us to the new level what i do though however is say that they would all be good signings and they'd be upgrades on what we see and i think the one that comes to mind that would probably excite me the most would be basuma from brighton because i feel that thomas party is in such need of a player next to him that can allow him to be the player that I believe we saw the best of at Atletico Madrid. And I don't think we've managed to see that under uh, Arteta or Arsenal when he's playing next to a Chaka or a Ceballos or an El Nenny because they just don't do the job that Basuma will do. And I think personally, when you look at that anchor in midfield and how good he has been for Brighton, I don't think we should be snobby to say, where's well, a Brighton? He's not good enough for Arsenal because we've seen Liverpool take players from teams that are underneath them uh, in, in that bracket. And do very, very well with Robertson at Hull and some of their squad players as well. And they've even taken players from Southampton, oh, even Arsenal, believe it or not. So mm. if you look at the players they've bought, we shouldn't be looking at Brighton and Norwich players and going, no, thank you. So the way I see it, Izbisuma would allow Thomas Party to um, shine in that position. So I'm going to go for him. I don't know how much they're going to let us have him for. I really don't, yeah. Tom. But, Let me press you, you on know. the African Cup of Nations point because a lot of people have said, like, you, if we bring in Basuma, then you're losing him and you're losing Partey and Abamyang and Pepe and all these guys, El Neni in another position in the central midfield. Does that, that doesn't put you off at, at all? Well, listen, it's something that's always been about with Arsenal, isn't it? We always seem to have four or five players that um, leave us. Um, so mm. I don't think it would be anything new. I think when you look at the Aubameyang's Pepe situation, Thomas Partey, if we do buy Anana, I believe he's he's um, African as well. Yeah. So that's another one who would go. So, of course, it's a very difficult situation and a very difficult scenario. But I don't think it should stop us from buying the player that we think fits the profile just because they're going to be away for a few weeks. I think that would be silly. So it's never stopped us before. Um we normally buy players that have broken backs or are injured. So it must be a step up uh, if we're going to get someone that might go for a few weeks to the African Cup of Nations. I think it would be a really good sign in Basuma. I really like the profile. I think he can take us forward. He's an upgrade on Granite Chaka. He's got athleticism. I think he's that kind of presence and hard man that I think we need. And I would love to see him in the team. So I'm going to go for him. Just on Onana, by the way, I can't say much, but what I'm told and what I'm being told is that he suits a modern day goalkeeper more than Bernd Leno. So if that's the mm. situation we're talking about, perhaps that's why I'd be looking at him. I don't think I didn't hear that Leno wants to go this summer. So it nope. could be an interesting scenario to see what we're going to do there. Is that why Matt Ryan's not coming in? Is Matt Ryan going to come in? We'll have he is at the moment. It looks um, like he's coming. So There we go. So yeah. we might have three goalkeepers. There we go. Southgate wants four right backs. We want three goalkeepers. <laughs> We're going to play them outfield. When they all go off to the African Cup of Nations, Leno's going straight in the midfield. Yeah. He is. He's going... <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Oh, yes, no, I think Basu... I mean, both those options, Basuma and Anana, are two players that I would like to see come in 100%. Uh, Jacob, sorry to give you the hard job. You might have had two favourites stolen from you, but who are you going for, sir? Yeah, if I could pick, I would pick uh, Santi Casola, but problem is he's just too old now. But... <laughs> Uh, for me, Buendia reminds me of the kind of Casola 
Um, he has everything I want in the in a player. Uh, he the goals, the assists, the technical. Uh, the, he's not that fast, but he's. Uh, I don't know how to say. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> his technical ability is on the ball. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's fast on the ball, and uh, we need a player like Santi because he was uh, probably our best player with Alexis and. Uh, maybe Ursel uh, sometimes, but uh, we need a player like him, and I think Bundia can fit that uh, quite well in our team. And I prefer Bundia rather than Udegaard, uh, Udegaard, uh, so, as you call him. <laughs> uh, You're the first person who's pronounced it correctly on this channel. That's just... <laughs> uh, it's probably not. It's probably Udegaard. I don't know, but in Denmark we say it different. So, can I jump in on his defense actually a little bit because that is somebody yeah. that. That that I've seen a lot of people that, and that's a really common opinion, Jacob, as well. Like like like, um, I think the majority of people maybe align with you when they say they would prefer Brindia over Erdegaard. And for me, it's it's very hard to judge somebody over a six month loan spell, especially when they come in not playing much football beforehand, probably being quite out of favour at his last uh, at at his um, previous team back at Real Madrid, but. What Erdegaard did was he came in and yes, he didn't provide us with a massive amount of goals and a massive amount of uh, assists, but he gave something to Arsenal that is extremely overlooked in football and something that we massively, massively lacked. And it was a bit of a heartbeat. Uh, you know, when we were in possession, I think pre Erdegaard coming in, I think that we just looked like. 11 pub players sent out with no instructions whatsoever and it was literally it was like watching a game of snooker it was just so many individual movements and and there was no flow to the game but what he did and i think what he did very very well was just getting the ball and moving the ball simple small passes and and giving other people the opportunity and and willing other people in into spaces that maybe wouldn't have occupied before, you know maybe that's why you've seen some improvement in the likes of Nicola Pepe as well when Odegaard is here. It's because Pepe knows okay if I go into that space the likelihood is he is going to find me, you know. Um, and I think that I think that when you look at Bundy, it's it, it's the new toy syndrome, and I rate him very very highly as a player, and I would absolutely love him. Uh, to come to Arsenal. But when you look at what, what Erdogan has done at the age, he's is I think the turner noses up yeah. at, at at him coming in, maybe for another loan or or maybe a, to be honest with you, forty million would be probably my cutoff for for Martin Erdegaard. But I think to overlook him and say that we haven't been impressed with him and then start crying in a year or two's time when he turns into an absolute world beater, it, it would be a missed opportunity. I think that he's going to be an absolutely fantastic player and maybe it's time to, to take a risk and strike where the iron's hot. I I would have had Jacob not taken it, which was my rules. I would have gone for, for Buendia as well. Um, but as you say, Owen, Erdogan is, is someone that people shouldn't be turning their noses up at. I think, I've tried to say this a number of times. He came into the club in January after barely playing at all at Real Madrid in the first six months of the season, was injured, has come in, he integrated almost immediately, had an immediate impact, got us a key goal in the in the North London derby, scored against Olympiacos in the key away game, added the creativity and the vocality and the leadership that we've needed in the, in the final third. You watch that kind of the, the game against West Ham when we came back from three goals down. He was at the centre of that driving force. And, and we need people that are going to be vocal in the final third that aren't going to take any whatever from, from their teammates and push us forwards. And for me, it's all around the, the fee because I feel like Real Madrid are going to ask for a ridiculous amount of money for a player that I don't think is of that level just yet. And it would be too much in my mind of a risk to go for the 40 pluses for me for someone like Erdogan, especially when someone who I feel of Buendia's quality is available and that you can mm. get him into the team as well. But um, I agree actually with Dan in what he's saying earlier about none of the names that we've been linked to genuinely blow me away like Partey did last summer. There hasn't been any of those ones as of yet. Maybe they will come later on as the dominoes start to fall towards the end of the window or after the European Championships, etc. Um, but in terms of the other players that we've been linked to, the other one for me is Tapsoba, the, the Burkina Faso centre-back for Bayer Leverkusen. He is for me, he has the potential. I don't think he'd do it immediately, but he has the potential for me to have the impact like we saw at Liverpool with Van Dyke when he came in. Someone who is imposing, someone who's tall, someone who's quick, someone who's really good on the ball. That is what Tapsoba is when you watch him. And he is solid quality. 
and he's again another African that would have to go to the tournament in, <laughs> in January. Um, but still, he is genuinely for me someone of absolute unreal talent that would really improve what we got. Now, the biggest thing for people when, you, when we get linked to centre backs is, oh my God, what is going to happen to Saliba? <laughs> And I've said this time after time after time. Look, you cannot rest on your laurels and think and pray that this kid is going to turn out to be as good as the money that we paid for him because there's no guarantees of that. And so if there's ever a chance for Arsenal to be ruthless in the transfer window and go out and sign some quality players, whatever position it's in, be it centre-back, be it right wing, be it whatever, at striker, goalkeeper, centre-back, wherever – you, we should do it because that's the sign of a team that wants to progress. That's the sign of a team that wants to close the gap with those above them. And so that's why it doesn't matter for me if Saliba's there. If you've got a chance to go out and sign a top-class centre-back with the potential of being even better and way better, for me, you should go and do it. It's That's that's where I sit on that one. Um, let's get your questions then in the chat box. I did shout out for those. So if you have got a question, uh, we're going to try it. There's quite a few guys, so I will ask you to be prompt with answers but of course feel free to, to elaborate as much as you wish just try and keep it condensed uh Owen starting with you Omar says assuming Arteta gets his targets this summer how long do you give him next season this question goes oh sorry sorry Owen I'm gonna say, <laughs> I'm gonna he's hijacked right. <laughs> screw you Omar this question goes to Jacob because <laughs> I want to hear his opinion on the manager. So there you go, Jacob. No pressure. So how long do you give Arteta if he gets all of the targets he wants and say things still aren't going well? Uh, I don't know. I would I would give him like one season uh, because there's no Thomas Tuchel waiting to join Arsenal right now. Uh, if there, if okay, so, so okay, let, let me let me preface this a little bit. So say. Yeah. Say things aren't going well. Say we are where we were last season at the same point. Say 10 games into the season and we've lost five games. Yeah. At, at that point, are you still saying you'd give him the season? I don't mean uh, to pressure you. I just feel like I want to yeah. give a little bit of context to what the question is. Yeah, I would give him until uh, January, uh, winter, you know. Um, okay. We need to start to be ruthless, as they say, uh, even at the, at the manager post. Uh, but the problem is I can't see right now any... Uh, coaches coming in that could do that better job, you know. Like it needs to be Thomas Tuchel or Allegri and uh, all those guys, but uh, I just can't see right now. Fair enough. Uh, Druv in the chat, uh, Owen. I'll go back to you. Druv actually wants to ask you this question. He's not an Omar <laughs> mate, so you got this. It says um, Dan, Dan at the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Drew says now that Carlo Ancelotti is taking over at Real Madrid which by the way is I, I'm I really genuinely I was staggered by that story when it dropped um, was taken over at Real Madrid would he be looking at Erdogan uh, to be a James uh, James James Rodriguez <laughs> of Everton but oh, and on that just to elaborate do you think that him being there affects our ability to, to maybe get Erdogan um, I'm not sure to be perfectly honest with that, that that he would be a starter for Real Madrid at the minute. I think as well, what you have to remember as well, we're hearing that Real Madrid have sort of lim- limited funds, but I think that uh, Carlo Ancelotti will look to recruit players of his own, um, and I'm not sure that he'll put his faith in someone so young, uh, someone as young as Martin Odegaard. I think that he knows how fast that people can be pushed out the door at Real Madrid if things aren't going too well. So he'll be looking for a lot of experience and proven talent. So I don't think there'll be too many experiments. I think it's actually all down to De Perez, um, the president at uh, Real Madrid. I think he's probably Martin Odegaard's biggest fan. So I probably see the most likely outcome is that uh, Odegaard probably returns here for a second season loan. Mm. I, that's that's what I thought we might look to do is 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 go for another loan deal. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, Dan, Ed, easy I'll Ed. Uh, this is actually quite a good question. Do you think there could be any guesses on a possible shock exit, someone that we've not seen linked so far and someone that could completely surprise us leaving the club this summer? If there's anyone to be a shock to leave, I'm not so sure it would be a massive shock. But I think if there is one to go, then it probably will be Lacazette because... Mm. I still feel there's it's up in the air, isn't it, about his contract. They're talking about rumours of a one-year extension. But I'd like to see the guy leave. I think he's had a very good season, and I'm not a huge uh, hater of Lacazette, but I think we can do much better. Um, and if he's not going to sign, we need to sell him. Um, so I think that is probably the only one. I don't think Aubameyang's going anywhere because I don't think in this climate anyone's going to afford his wages. 
Um, and I don't see anybody else leaving the club would be a huge shock unless it was somebody like Thomas Party or one of the guys we've just signed. And I don't see any of those going apart from Willian. So if I'm honest with you, yeah, I don't think there'll be a huge shock. If it is anyone, I'd go for Lacazette. Uh, Jacob, uh, Canav says, what would be your top five realistic wish list for this summer? I think if we get rid of the fraud Willian, Xhaka, Bellerin and upgrade them, we can get into the top six easily. What do you think? So five signings, quick off the bat, who are you going for? Uh, Matt Ryan, of course. Uh, Bissouma, Buendia. Hopefully Max Ahrens. Um, I'm, I like the Mas- Masraoui a guy from Ajax, but uh, I prefer Max mm-hmm. Ahrens. Um, I, I have a little bit of a shout uh, with uh, with another guy from Ajax called uh, Mohamed Kudus. Uh, I don't know if it's possible, and it's probably not realistic, but uh, he, he would be a shout, but as well, uh, Onana instead of Leno uh, would be perfect yeah. for me. Awesome. Good five straight in there. Uh, Owen, you get uh, the super chat from Sam Chester who says, would another loan deal for Erdegaard be a mistake considering what we were talking about earlier? Considering we may miss out on other targets available on a permanent transfer, <coughs> i.e. someone like Wendy. No, see, uh, and I'm actually I'm taking a bit of flack in the chat to see for for, for, what, I've, <laughs> yeah, for what I've said about, uh, about Erdegaard and, and Wendy. Just because I said that Erdegaard comes back on another loan doesn't mean that I th- that I think we shouldn't go for Emmy Bandia. Emmy Bandia can play in multiple positions. You know, he can he can, but he actually featured a lot on the right for for Norwich. So, mm. um, I I would be going for both to be perfectly honest with you. And and I think the reason for that there is because we lack so much creativity. It's going to do no harm to have two players who are pr- prolific at creating chances for. A misfiring striker and Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. If we want to see him get back to the get back to his best and get our money's worth out of that big deal, we need to start providing him with the chances so that there is no more excuses for him. Hundred percent. Yeah, I'm glad that you uh, clarified that so people understand. <laughs> now, I mean, you have to remember that when you're on a podcast, though, and you have to say literally everything; otherwise, people might take you the wrong way. <laughs> so you can't <laughs> yeah. leave anything open to interpretation, fella. This is how podcasting works. <laughs> um, Dan Josh Hunter says, should Masrawi be a backup to Aaron's or Lamptey, or should we keep Chambers? I mean, it's, it's a kind of multifaceted question. There, I'm saying, do you think that we should be looking to bring in? a backup in addition to, say, a right-back? Or do you think we've already got enough cover there in Chambers and Cedric to be fine in that position? I think we've got 15 right-backs, haven't we? I don't know if we need... <laughs> we've got, we got more than England. Two or three more. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have. Uh, listen, I don't think that Callum James is a bad backup. He's had his injury problems. I think he gets a little bit of a hard time, and I probably have been a bit negative towards him at times because I just don't see a top draw player there. But as a backup right back, I think he's one of those players you can put in against West Ham, Burnley, Brighton, Wolves, those kind of physical games, and probably do all right. And then you get your Max Aaron's, or uh, I don't know how to say his name. Is it Mazarau? I don't know. Mazarau. Mazarau. There we go. Uh, mm-hmm. And you bright, you bring him in um, as the number one. So. Yeah, I'd keep Cannon Chambers as cover, if I'm honest. Cedric doesn't do much for me, if I'm honest with you. I think he's somebody who comes in and does an okay job, but I think he's had more bad games than good games in an Arsenal shirt, if I'm honest with you. Um, I didn't particularly mind Maitland-Niles there because I think he had all the attributes to be a very good fullback if he wanted to be a fullback. He doesn't want to be. So we're going to have to get um, we're going to have to get somebody in, in my opinion, as a first-choice right-back, not a first-choice and then another cover. I think we've got enough to work with um, in terms of backup, mate. I agree with you. Um, Jacob, uh, Vuk in the chat says, how about left-back position? We need somebody there. Have you got any thoughts about who you want to see Arsenal bring in as a, a covering left-back? Oh, the left-back. I'm not sure about the left-back. Um, I think, actually, uh, Cedric did a decent job. Uh, I don't think we have to spend that much on the left-back. Um, I'm quite excited about uh, Joe Lopez, if he can step up, because... We need Chiani to be fit. Um, I would just try one of the youngsters in the left back uh, or Cedric and uh, save some money. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, I don't agree. I think that we, I think we should go out and sign a backup left back, a more naturally left sided, just to just to avoid us seeing that situation. However, what I would say is, is that I think what you're right about is that we did or we didn't do what you're suggesting is that when we were playing Xhaka at left back. We should have been playing Cedric there at the end of last season. And I definitely think that's the way playing Xhaka there was such a, 
a tactical disaster class it turned out mm. to be. Um, this is an interesting one. Uh, I mean, we'll go one more question each, and then we're going to wrap up. Michael says, uh, Arteta and Ancelotti were hired at the same time. Which one has done a better job? That, 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 that's a really tough one, I suppose. Um, you would have to say Mikel Arteta, uh, because he's simply he's won a trophy. And I think as well, with the investment that Everton put in uh, and, and the players that uh, Ancelotti acquired and, and, and had, had playing under him at the time, I think that the expectations were probably higher. I think they were looking for a quick fix, whereas uh, I think a lot of our business was was long term. Even though some of the signings contradicted that, so you'd say, especially of a manager of Carlo Ancelotti's standard and what you would expect him to do with a side like Everton, um, you'd have to say that he's probably the bigger failure out of the two of them. But there's not much in it to be perfectly honest with you. It isn't like it, it, I, I was going to say. I think it would be a miss of me not to ask Dan. <laughs> so come on, Dan. What do you think? Man, the answer is simple. Carlo Ancelotti has done a better job with that group of players to get them where he has in the league, in my opinion. Mikel Arteta has done a shocking job with the team that he's got at his disposal to get us where we finished. I think it's a no-brainer. I love Ancelotti, but people say how great the squad is at Everton. Is it? I mean, listen, Calvert Lewin's had a good season. They've no European football, do they? Yeah, but they've got a good But we don't have no European football. Look at the rest of our look at the rest of our team compared to theirs. How many of the Everton team would walk into the Arsenal side? Do you think? Three. Hmm. Uh, so I'd go Dominic Calvert so, Lewin, uh, Calvert. a striker. Um, I'd go with Yerry Mina over Rob Holding. Uh, I'd go with uh, Corey. I'd have the Corey over Granite Xhaka mm-hmm. alongside Partey. Um, I'd go with Luca. Oh, Luca Dean and Tierney is no, a really good no. Tierney, man. Tierney is obviously that, but tell, uh, Luca Dean is a very good. Yeah, he's a very good left back. Very, very. They have a very. The point is, is that they have a very good left back rather than we take him over him. Wide areas, you have to Richardson. Richardson, does he get in over either of Saka or Pepe? Um, is is your question? Not for me, but. You know. Does Sigurdsson get in over Emil Smith Rowe at the moment? Not for me. Does I think Gabriel gets in over Michael Keane. I think we can probably agree on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Jordan Pickford better than Burn Leno? That's a t- <laughs> awful keeper. Uh, nice. uh, ben Godfrey. They've played a lot at right back. Um, better than Hector Bellerin. I'd, I'd probably rather take Ben Godfrey at the moment. To me, I think he's yeah, been a brilliant. Side. So the point is, Dan, I think it's pretty close to be honest between the two sides. I think if we've taken about five players from their team, and and what I was going to say, I know Owen. Have we? Would, what? Would, would, yeah, well, you've three. Taken, you like, said there, weren't they? Three or four players. Jerry Mina over right back. Dominic Calvert Lewin. Michelle. But, yeah, but, and you're talking. You're talking. Five. You're talking as well about Angelotti one of the most. Better with Everton. This season. Yeah, because I, I thought he would get them about tenth. Yeah, I thought he would get. He's them one of the 10th. most accomplished managers in the history of football. There's different levels of expectations when you take in a Carlo Ancelotti than you do to a Mikel Arteta. It's like saying, would you expect more from Pep Guardiola going into City than Ali Gunnar Solskjaer than Ali Gunnar Solskjaer going into Man United? Of course you would, because he's got the experience, he's got the know-how, and it's up to him to implement that. Whereas with someone like a Mikel Arteta, and I'm quite aligned with you, Dan, I would, I'm not Mikel Arteta's biggest fan as a coach, but I think the comparison between the two and to say that Carlo, uh, Carlo, Ancelotti, uh, Carlo Ancelotti exceeded what Mikel Arteta has achieved, I think it would be wrong to say that because the end result is the same. No European football this season um, and Mikel Arteta has a trophy in the bag. Carlo Ancelotti is nothing. I just don't look at this Arsenal side and think, wow, Arteta's done well there. Compared to oh, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I don't think that's what we're saying. I just think we're saying that he's done a, a ever and it is but very close. to what Ancelotti I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm saying I think he's done an ever slightly better job than than Angelus. I think if you think about it in the context, as Arteta, this is his first managerial job ever, right? The context of the situation is that, whereas what Owen's saying is Angelotti is a well-travelled, well-decorated, world-class coach. Arteta's come in with no experience, won an FA Cup in six months. I think he should have been sacked at the end of last season. And I think Angelotti should have been sacked at the end of last season. But I think that 
Ancelotti has done a worse job. If you think about it, they haven't finished higher in the league since Ancelotti took over. They finished eighth the season before he joined. They finished 12th the season he arrived and they finished 10th this season. And they've not finished higher than the season before he actually came to the club. So I don't think he has done a better job. No. Fair play. I'll, I'll disagree with that, but... Oh, that's fine. Know, that's, 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 about. that's how it's done, people. <laughs> we just agree to disagree. Who asked that question? Yeah, Michael. Michael, you're not welcome anymore. Basically, <laughs> asked us if, we'd, if we'd rather have a brain hemorrhage or a heart attack. Jesus yeah, Christ, man. I, I, I feel like it's it's one of those that you don't want to ask right at the end of the show, because we could have talked for ages and had a really good debate about that, I feel. But it's something that we might come back to. Me and Dan have definitely got unfinished business for this one. Um, <laughs> so that'll be fun. Um, Jacob. Uh, Ancelotti, <laughs> who done the better job? Very quickly, just to get your thoughts, and we'll wrap up. I would say Arteta, and the way he beat the the top four teams, that's quite impressive for me. Uh, they haven't done that in uh, in years, so I would say Arteta did a better job, but it's still not good. Let's be honest. Fair enough. Fair enough. Michael Grayson, uh, thank you ever so much for your question. <laughs> we appreciate it. You've challenged our friendships. Um, no, that is going to round off today's show. Thank you I'll ever so much. Raz, one last thing. Sorry, Tom. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you, Raz actually turned it around, though, because I looked at the league table yesterday and we're top. So, <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Arteta in. Top of the league currently. Oh, as things remember, stand. Dan, though, that the league only runs from December, so we actually finished it second does. last it season. Does. There you go. And if it, <laughs> we, actually, if the league table started in May, we would be joint top with Liverpool. So that's, you know, there you go. things Amazing. are improving. Amazing, Amazing things. <laughs> oh, we're going to get in trouble. Um, thank you ever so much, people, for tuning in today. It's been, I mean, in total, I've just had a check of the numbers. There's been 1,500 of you that have tuned in today just during the live show, which is crazy. So thank you ever so much to all of you. Um, you can check out the guys on their social medias. They're going to tell you what they are, other than Owen, because he hates them. <laughs> so, Owen, thank you ever so much, mate. Appreciate your time. No, a pleasure to be on. And it was good. I like that little heated debate at the end. Um, but no, I, I don't have any social medias. But what you can do is um, over at the Gooners pod at the minute where uh, we've just kick-started our, our annual uh, Gooners v Cancer uh, campaign, which will be running for um, the next few months. So the numerous fundraisers going on, competitions you can get involved in. Uh, so either head over to uh, the, the Gooners podcast or, or Gooners v Cancer on Twitter and uh all the links and information will be there. So get donating people and thanks for having us on again, Tom. No problem at all. Also, a massive pleasure, Dan. Absolutely brilliant. Always appreciate you having on, fellow, to, to send in the different views and opinions and you do it fantastically well. So I appreciate your time, mate. Well, listen, man, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to meet Jacob. Always good to uh, have a chat with yourself and Owen. And um, yeah, it's been a good show, man. More debates at the end is needed, I tell you. I, I like a debate. Um, so, uh, no, appreciate it, man. If people do want to follow me, it's at DanArsenal87. And uh, Mondays and Fridays normally on the same old Arsenal. But uh, we're having a bit of a break, man. I need a break from Arsenal this season, I tell you. Jesus. It's, uh, looking forward to the Euros now. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. Are you happy with the amount of right backs in the squad, Dan? Is it is it enough for you? Uh, you think we need a couple more? Do you know I did I did I nearly sent you something, Tom actually. I did see something funny, which was the uh, which was the England one to eleven, and it was basically all the right backs on the one side going up <laughs> and like four other players just through the middle. When like, you actually look at how many right backs England have, it's beyond that. You've got like Lamptey, you've got Max Aarons. It's, there there's so go. many. It's a jump. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it really Absolutely is. Absolutely mental. Uh, well, you know, I mean, Scotland can only get two good left backs in Tennis Robertson and we're moaning about how many right backs we got. So it could be this worse, guys. It could no, Tom, be worse. Who'd you, just quickly, who'd you, fan, who'd you fancy for the Euros? Just quickly. Oh, England, who'd mate. England all the way, son. That's what we were good. Denmark, oh, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ, here we go I mean, again. Denmark, oh, Dark Horse. I mean, Oh, yes, Jacob's going to be supporting Denmark. Uh, come on, i got to get ahead here. Owen's going to gonna be done. supporting Ireland. Oh, oh wait. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> neither <laughs> neither of them qualified. Neither of them. Neither of them. Oh, I'd love to say England, man. I, I fancy France, you know, yeah. but I'd love to say England. Yeah. I think Portugal I feel... has got a wicked uh, 11, yeah. Portugal. But, yeah, I'd, I fancy France. 
Yep, yeah, uh, Belgium, of course. I think this is probably their maybe beyond that, and maybe the World Cup next year. Their their last chance, really, with the, the current crop of talent that they've got, is probably reaching their last stage. So they'll they'll be all going for it. I mean, I think they got the wrong coach to be honest for that squad to be looking for a, a title. Um, but yeah, Portugal is is probably my my dark horse favourite for the the tournament. Uh, and so I mean, they won it of course in 2016, and I think they've got a hell of a lot better squad since they won it back then. Um, but Jacob, I wish Denmark the best of luck uh, for the tournament. Of course, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on you've received a lot of love in the chat box from our members as well and from people that aren't too so tell people where they can find you on the socials mate as you can see my twitter name is uh, sabo underscore uh, o you can follow me there i'm trying to gain some followers so i can have some debate with uh about arsenal uh, i've been tweet looking Dan, for all day. just tweet him arteta yeah. more than angelotti that's all you need you'll get him he'll be there yeah <laughs> it's been fun. It's been fun to be here, apart from the severe anxiety. So it's it's very good. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely fine, mate. For someone to yeah. be fair, that I mean, as you, you we spoke uh, doing the test, and you said about her, how you were a little bit concerned about your English, but honestly, it's been great, mate. You've you've absolutely smashed it out of the park. Um, so so thank you ever so much for coming on, and you're a fantastic addition to our members group and in the Discord server as well. I should say, all the, uh, for those that don't know, in our Discord server, uh, Jacob practically got peer pressured into coming on today. The members were having <laughs> yeah. none of them. <laughs> they were all just ganging up on him to get in, and he has done. So I hope he's proven you're and done really really well today thank you so much guys for tuning in uh we'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 a.m there's no breaks for me uh, so i'll be back tomorrow morning to give you guys all the latest transfer information and keep you up to date with that there'll be some tactical breakdowns on onana and uh on uh, some of the other players masrawi and some others we've been linked to too coming up as well so i look forward to producing that content for you we'll see you again very very soon and as always up the arsenal It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.